make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people no definitely not dad you know me i'm never <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite yeah, yeah okay welcome to conversations with your lovable never pisses anyone off never been banned from facebook or youtube never been sabotaged or censored for politely expressing a difference of opinion ex-muslim host Ina, keeping it non-controversial This is part two of episode 12 with Tarek Fata. If you haven't heard part one yet, I recommend you check that out first. It's a fun one. Here's part two. You have no problem, I guess, talking about Muslims in broad statements. So it's the inverse of kind of how I and a lot of other ex-Muslims do our critique. Like, I believe that criticizing ideas is fine and should be open to everyone. It's a religion, it's just an idea. Absolutely. It, the difference between your group and people like me, and there are many others, is that our objective starting, what your end point is for us just a, pro, uh, just a, a passing phase. Uh, for the better part of my early adult life, which is from, say, 16 to... Uh, when I left Pakistan in 29, almost everyone I dealt with, I was the a person who was, uh, and some of my friends were known as the Dehriya or the atheist over there. And most of the people we worked with were people who would go and pray five times a day. And our issue was not their religion. So you were an atheist? Well, I, I mean, of course, what else is there? Do you think I believe in uh, <laughs> flying squirrels? I don't you know. Think, uh, you uh, go you to I don't know. I don't know. That's no, what I'm trying to understand. No, this is the point. And so you're you, an atheist, but you call yourself Muslim, culturally. I'm Muslim. I, I don't I, understand. I, I have the deepest respect for uh, my Muslim community and for uh, the people they love and adore most, which is their parents, and uh, the Prophet. I am an absolute devotee to Ali. Uh, I think he was a philosopher king and uh, uh, an, an immense contributor to just the whole notion of justice in Islam, which is foreign to many other religions. That is why you will see that uh, if you compare India and Pakistan, Pakistan saving uh, faces that we do not uh, in our society treat people with such contempt if they are poor, then I've seen that happens in, uh, say, India. So the whole notion of justice is so empowered in, um, uh, in both in Muhammad's teaching and Ali that whether I'm an atheist uh, or not, I can't, uh, I can't happen to, uh, you know, disrespect that. Okay, think, so are you an atheist? By uh, by your standards, yes, I would be an atheist. Okay, okay. Thank you for clarifying that. It's something yeah. that's always confused me. I, I because a lot of what you say, you know, doesn't then make sense if you're a practicing Muslim. Um, but no, I, 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 why would I uh, practice something that has uh, a pagan basis? 
Absolutely. I so, agree. I mean, I, they talk I, about I, not I, idolatry, right? But going around the Kaaba seven times is very no, idolatrous. Exactly, it was a Hindu practice of doing pheras that uh, even d- during the Prophet's time was being done. Uh, I agree. And it was changed after Mecca was reconquered in the year 600 and uh, I think it was 710. By that time, you do know that Islam was not, uh, the caliphate had nothing to do with Mecca and Medina during the times when um, uh, the caliphate moved to Damascus. I will say that your ideas about Islam and justice and all of that, I completely disagree. I mean, one reading of the Quran will tell me that Islam is not very no, I justice don't accept, friendly. I don't accept uh, the readings of the Quran where uh, women are given half the share. It's up to uh-huh. I yeah, don't okay. accept uh, uh, slavery. I just have to reject what I don't agree with. So you don't agree with basically anything? No, I, what I'm saying is, and I, this was my question to you right in the beginning, that when people were the companions of the Prophet, there was no Quran. So what was, the, what was this notion of being a Muslim? For me, is very different. Yeah, there was no Quran because it hadn't been revealed to him So yet. how did people become Muslim? Whatever, he was probably saying some stuff, and they were like, cool, I'll join you. I don't know. Yeah, so what was he saying? I don't know. wasn't there. I see. Why don't you start an inquiry and find out what did he say? Well, he did a lot of other things yeah. and supposed to have said a lot of other things that disturbed me deeply. But, so but, I'm not really you, interested. No, no, just a second. Just a second. Some things we know for certain, and some things we know because... Or what was written, like right. Sira, right? Yeah. So let's go. Let's deconstruct this. What we know oh for boy. certain is that there was a man, Muhammad. What we know is that he uh, basically, uh, at the age of forty, the fir- among the first things in his life is that he married a twice divorced woman. Uh, Very noble. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, noble but that, <laughs> no, but seriously, that is. That just shows evidence that the pedophilia and the sexual deranged uh, uh, um, allegations against him. I'm talking of evidence-based analysis. Since you talk of reason, let's discuss it. It couldn't have happened if he was 25 and she was 45. And but and uh, and uh, at forty he comes down or whatever. Say I'm sure uh, uh, there was no Gabriel telling him anything. It is his realization. He says, "What is this bullshit going on in Mecca? Why are we worshiping stones?" He also broke the idols inside the Kaaba. He smashed them up. Just a second. We are talking of things. We are one hundred percent. Certain of what happened. Well, I'm not 100% certain of anything. No, you you think Muhammad didn't exist? I don't know. Okay, that's a different story. Then we're talking of a completely different thing. Yeah. Okay. So then we can't go from anywhere to Yeah, anywhere. we can't really. I mean, I, I can't be certain, right? I... But it is fascinating to try and wrap my head around your perspective because here, here you are, Tariq Fatah, who people are so angry at for, I don't know, for being offensive towards Islam, but you're defending it to me. It's, it's bizarre when it flips like that, right? Like even when I, I heard you do a talk about Ayan Hirsi Ali's book in Urdu, which was 
which I didn't agree with a lot of what you said, but I think it's awesome that you did it in Urdu. Can I can I say Urdu because I know the word Urdu makes you angry? No, no. Should I say Hindi? No, no. Okay. Just, just okay. don't say that it is a Pakistani language. It's an Indian language. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, and we, before you you go, I've got to talk to you about Pakistan, our yes. my lovely lovely country. Yes, yes. Um, but yes, this talk you did about. Um, uh, Ayan Hirsiali's book, you talked about uh, how she's an ex-Muslim and why does she want to talk about Islam and all that stuff now. Once you've made a break, just go away. And what you made an analogy about, um, I think it was like... Uh, a goalkeeper? No, it was about Susral and divorce and none. So like a sis- sister-in-law <laughs> and... Um, I guess if you get a divorce, why are you going back to your in-laws? Yeah, That's something how you, like that. Yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. Why are you going back and inter- meddling in your in-laws' affairs? Yeah. Now you're divorced. Yeah. That's your analogy for ex-Muslims, I think right? She has followed that. I think she followed my advice. She stayed you think so? Yeah. No, I don't think she stayed away from Islam. What are you talking about? No, no, she stayed away. She's talking about it, but she's not talking of this thing that Muslims should convert to Christianity. Oh, yeah. I, I have to say, I did not agree with well, that, that at all. That's the thing. If no. I left my in-laws, why do I care whether they, uh, you know, what they're, go oh, screw yourself, <laughs> you know. But to suggest to us that Muslims should convert to Christianity, and I, I think I asked her when I was hosting a, a discussion, I said, why not Judaism? That is I, I heard that, actually. <laughs> she said it's very difficult, which I found absolutely charming. By the way, I'm a, I, I, I have immense respect for her. Because she's not an air conditioning. No, she's not. Because oh, okay. her start in life is political. Okay. Anyone who started in the service of community and political life and then arrives at a conclusion, they are real uh, activists. I think uh, ex-Muslims are activists in their own uh, right. They, they may not be in public office. The political party. They may be on their way. <laughs> oh, you don't know that. You don't put the cart before the horse. Well, you do whatever you whatever it takes and whatever comes naturally to you. I think it should be organic. But anyways, so Ayan is not an air conditioned atheist, no, she's a, but Ali is an air conditioned atheist. No, no, no. She's she's the real deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but um, different on tactics. But I, I I'm a great fan of Ayan. Yeah, I admire her in many ways as well. Uh, she actually printed part of my article, my letter to Ben Affleck in her in her book. In, oh, okay. In, okay. I differ also with her in her analysis. Yeah, we don't all always have to no, agree on everything. But here's my, her latest analysis is that there are two types of Muslims, the Meccan Muslim and the Medinan Muslim. Yeah. That's absolutely rubbish because the Quran is not compiled according... It's not compiled like that. No, but no. I, I've never heard of that. What? No, but I think it's an interesting way to simplify it for people. Ah, but here's what she... Uh, I think she was on to something and uh, at some place she got off track. What her thesis was that as long as uh, Muhammad was fighting against the odds... He, his messages were very different. Then compared to when he was accepted by the Jews of Medina, which Muslims, by the way, deny, and accommodated and the city-state was formed, then the rules changed. Now, 
here's here's another uh, aspect that Muslim hypocrites will deny. They talk of the universal law of Islam. The Prophet's laws as defined in Medina were not applied in Mecca. Here's how I see it, mm. that religion is very contradictory, and you can pull two different messages yeah, from it. Yeah, yeah. One, that you can live in peace and harmony with if you ignore the other stuff, and one, but total chaos, violence, theology. and destruction. I'm not, Pardon? I'm not discussing theology. I'm talking No, no, I know, but here's how I see her, her splitting it, right? There's this side of Muhammad, and there's this side of Muhammad. Mm -hmm. So I think it's useful to show people that both sides exist, and maybe they can sway more towards the better side. I think she should have said that. She's, well, she, perhaps she, she put it more eloquently than that. Uh, but. She could have said that this is the Islam that can lead you to being sensible, and this is where you get off the track. She did say that in so many words. Uh, I Did she? Maybe I missed it then. But, uh, but anyways, but I, my, my, my comment was more about how you said that it shouldn't be really her problem about reforming Islam because she's left it, and that's where the in-law analogy came in. I don't think you can reform Islam. That's where I differ with... Well, I think it's already changed over the years, right? People used to have slaves. People are now having gay-friendly mosques. It's changing. Oh, oh. it's funny how this is where uh, I come up with uh, uh, the uh, air-conditioned atheists of uh, North America. The atheists are very comfortable attending mosques if the imam is gay. <laughs> I'm not. I oh, feel like I'm going to burst into Toronto, flame. Toronto atheists who go to this mosque. They're not atheists. If they're going to mosques, usually they're believers. There's no, a no, no, no. This is they're going there because how could you not be absolute darling since you're a gay person? Therefore, if you're an imam who's gay... Now everything's kosher. There are some pretty awful gay people out there. There are some pretty nice gay people out there. Just because you're gay doesn't mean you're amazing. <laughs> uh, they are, actually. <laughs> they are amazing, all gay people? I mean, imagine. Just imagine. I don't mind. Uh, a, a lesbian can't understand this. But a gay <laughs> man suffers immensely. And for no fault of him. I don't understand. I'm not a lesbian, but I don't understand. No, no. For, for, for a lesbian, with two women going hand in hand, even in Pakistan, or even in the Uganda, which is another hellhole for them, nobody objects. But can you imagine? Oh, oh, have you not been to Zainab Market in Karachi? Every man is walking hand in hand with another I man. No, but that's my point. It is the gay man's paradise. Pakistan is. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. It's funny because heterosexual handholding is frowned upon. You know, a woman almost drove over me and my husband. We were crossing the street in Karachi and we were holding hands. And she's like shouted like whore or whatever, like an Urdu at me. <laughs> you know what you should have done? You should have just given your husband a kiss on his cheek. That oh, he was so panicked because oh. he's never really. He's ne I've still lived in, in Pakistan a bit, but he's never really lived there that much. So he was like frightened. Um, but, you know, then we walk around the markets and the guys are like grabbing each other's butts and holding hands. And I'm like, this is so bizarre because yeah, everyone's it, a homophobe, yet um, same-sex 
affection yeah. and hand-holding and butt-grabbing is perfectly acceptable. But, but you should go to the gay... Uh, the gay uh, life in, in Pakistan is exclusively upper class. It is. It is. Absolutely. So that is where the air conditioning part comes in. It's, it's, no, it, it's, the, it's not the... There are poor gay people, I'm sure. Yes, but the but, poor gay people dare not intermingle. A working class... But they do man. have gay sex... Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. they have their own gay life. It's this yeah, is a very classist society. It is divided strictly by class. That Absolutely. Is the transgendered woman was not allowed in the Peshawar hospital. She had yeah. six bullet wounds, yep. and she was not allowed. Had she been an auntie, an immi auntie, I can tell you the entire hospital would have taken her in. Yes, uh, we're a transphobic, homophobic society. There is no doubt no, no, about no, no. that. Overriding classification is class. That's that's where my sense of uh, the label there, comes yes, in. Yes, there is a lot of classism too. but It is the defining category. Yes, but you know, when I was in Pakistan last, I was happy to go out and speak to uh, the girls that worked at my grandmother's and my aunt's house. I was not... I was trying not to be classist. I was definitely trying my hardest, but there are some ways that the society is set up that you just can't avoid. You know what I mean? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's okay. You can't blame uh, uh, the, the ills of uh, feudal society uh, unless you are willing to, you know, smash it. That is why I'm well, saying uh, if you have to defeat them. Well, I, I try in my whatever small... Pathetic ways. I do try. Here's my. Uh, no, it's not at all entirely air conditioned. Uh, I'll I'll tell you how to get de-air conditioned. Yes, please give me. Do visit. Give Pakistan. me some tips. Do visit India and I'm, write. I'm a, I'm going to visit India, but I don't know about Pakistan. I no, am no, a bit scared. No, I'm saying how you will understand female empowerment that's coming out in India. You should see how the bicycle. And the motorbike is changing India's uh, view. When you ride a motorbike, you destroy everything that a woman was traditionally supposed to do when she had to sit. Uh, you do, like, but let's not forget how classist and sexist and misogynist Indian society is as it well. Is, it isn't, because these <sighs> women who are on bikes... There are some, but I mean, again, women are gang raped. Just, just a second. Okay. You can't buy a car if you are working class. And if you have a motorbike, you are working class. Mm. And if you're working class, you get to office faster than your damn car, because it allows you to weave in and out by the stupid idiots who sit in the rear seat while the chauffeur is sitting on the best seat and get caught up in traffic. I've, I've sat down for hours and days just watching the interaction of different classes. And I tell you, it is the 10 to 20-year-old Indian girl and woman who is kicking the entire structure because they're going to government schools, which are co-ed, they wear uniforms and they're smarter than the boys. And I, 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 I went to this um, uh, city where um, Mahmoud Ghazni destroyed uh, the Mathura. I went there and I was invited to a girl's school to speak. And my daughter was there. The one thing both Natasha and I observed was the confidence of the 15-year-olds 
They had no makeup. They were smarter. They were independent. The way the shoulders were, the way the chins were up, and be both. That's came, great, but you know you can find those girls in Pakistan too. No, you no, can. They're in upper middle class. Uh no. You no, think there are some? It's not, the, the classism is a South Asian problem. No, it's, it's not that India is perfect and Pakistan is horrendous. I've been there. I have not been to India, but Ten. no, Ten. but I know it's not perfect. I know it's very similar to I'm Pakistan. It's, it's less Islamist, absolutely. I know. It is more Islamist than Pakistan. What? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. This is what I'm saying is a result of, this is why I have a problem with the anti-Indianness of Pakistan. There's egg. no, I don't have any anti-Indianness. It's built in because you are passing That's a very generalized state. That's a very... Aina, didn't you say, didn't you comment and pass judgment on India's class system? Yes. I have not been there. It doesn't and matter. So, I can comment on another, I, can, I comment on uh, the plight of Afghani women and I have not been there either. Yes, but if you're talking to someone who has been there about a dozen times in the last five, six years. Oh, uh, yes, you've been there, but you, you do tend to have a pretty anti-Pakistan and pro-India bias. Absolutely, because I'm Indian. You, yes, we and all were is, Indian. We all were and, Indian at one point. I have a low threshold for anyone who amputates someone. Ah, uh, I don't like it very much either. I'm not sure what you're saying. India was amputated by the likes of... Uh, many parents who celebrated it or grandparents so did you ever have pride as a pakistani here here's the thing you know what's interesting is that i'm a critic of pakistan i spend a lot of time criticizing it but i do it kind of out of affection for it i have no affection right for this is the difference i want to better i want it to be better no. and i want it to succeed it and no, it is failing is... absolutely it's it's no. horrible i'm a dreamer whatever but i that's anybody who believes is that Pakistan, a product of a genocide that inflicted a genocide, is a condition. What? That is the strata within which you think that you are asking the Nazis to be reformed. Pakistani is not synonymous with Nazi. No, no, I mean, no. Here's the point. They killed how many? Six million in five years? No, but you're you're including a lot of people into that. That didn't Just kill anyone. Oh, you you think every Nazi killed someone? No. No, I'm sure their children didn't. I've heard this they argument. Didn't. Not all Nazis. I've heard it before. Yeah, yeah. But here's <laughs> the point. Do you know of anyone in your parents' or grandparents' circle? Why are you angry at my parents? No, because that generation celebrated the genocide in Bangladesh. No, my parents did not celebrate oh. it. Oh, please. No, how do you know? You don't even know them. How I do you am, know? What I'm saying is I <clears throat> there were three people that were jailed in 1971 for being uh, with the Mukti Bahini. I know one friend of mine in Lahore. I will say I don't know of anyone who supported the Mukti Bahini in Pakistan. <sighs> okay. So, so then you think it's justified to say things like, it's time the world came to a realization Pakistan is a cancerous tumor on Absolutely. the face of humanity. If not surgically removed, it'll kill yes. us all. Yes, it is killing us all. What do you mean surgically? What, what are you, what are you hoping for? It. What do you want to happen? The occupation of Pakistan 
or Balochistan and Gilgit Baltistan. So Pakistan to... should go back to India? Is that what you want? No, what I do you don't want? care. I don't want, you can either have Pakistan or the Pakistan army. You can't have both. Number two, the occupation of an independent Kalat state has to end. No, but you're talking about specific things and then you say That's Pakistan. You say Kalat... Pakistan is a cancerous tumor. That includes a lot of people, a lot of oh, lovely people. Not Pakistanis. Who told you the Sindhis are Pakistanis? No, I'm Pakistani and I'm half Sindhi. No, 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 no. The Sindhis were pushed into Pakistan by GM Sayyid's vote. Okay, but my grandparents who are Sindhi who are Sindhi were in Pakistan already. They did not have to cross the border at partition. They didn't have to cross the border, but they were occupied by Pakistan. Okay, but they're proud to call themselves Pakistani. That is how they identify. That is how they identify. Any Sindhi who says that he is Pakistani and then a Sindhi, is complicit in the massacres that have happened. I don't in- see them ranking it. They're Pakistani Sindhis or Sindhi Pakistanis. I don't, I've never oh, asked them no, if they think no. they're Sindhi first or Pakistani first. Do you think the word Sindhu Hind came from Pakistan? No, no. I'm, why are you getting upset about Because words? you occupied a country and then said, Oh, who yeah. are nice people? Who are, I'm not. I didn't occupy a country. Then you should oppose it if it's occupied. I do oppose it. No, I I criticize Pakistan, Pakistan all the time. But what do you want me to do? Dismantle it? No, we are not talking of criticizing. One country is occupied by another. Why? Why can't you get that? What? The state of Kalat <laughs> became independent. What would you like me to? What would you like the world to do? To give Kalat its independence. And then Pakistan can exist. Then Pakistan won't exist. What will, what will it be? There will be a water war between Sindh and Punjab. So you want, you want a ton of wars and the eradication of Pakistan. There is going to be no war. When Balochistan is there, once you've killed enough Baloch people and celebrated by planting Pakistan's flag on their uh, graves. Yeah, I'm not in favor of that, though. I'm not in favor of that. Why aren't you in favor of the independence of Balochistan? I'm not opposing it either. But you're saying nothing about it. (laughs) I don't know enough about it. Well, if you're celebrating Sabine Mahmood, then you should know something about it. I know Sabine Mahmood and I know that she died for speaking about it. But I don't incessantly tweet about Balochistan because that is not my area of expertise. That's not because I'm a horrible Pakistani colonizer who favors, you know, their occupation. It's just, I don't, what I want to know is what you want when you say Pakistan should be, Pakistan is a tumor and should be surgically removed. Don't you think that that is offensive to so many? You don't think good people, you say Pakistan is not a country, it's a state of mind. And you even call like horrible Indian Muslims who you, who you want to insult Pakistani. Yeah, because So it's like a swear word for you. It is. If you were German... And so then this is why you have a problem with Pakistani ex-Muslims. Also, it all ties in, like ex, uh, Ali Rizvi yes. and myself. We are Pakistani, yeah. and we are not ashamed of saying we're Pakistani. Yeah, but we're course, not complicit in the oppression of other people just because we're saying we're are. Pakistani. Because you, your country has occupied another country, and you... Yeah, but everything my country does is not my fault. So you are ignorant about Pakistan's occupation of Kalat, and even if I educated you and... You no, know, please educate me. I'm telling you, on okay. March 28, 1948, the Pakistan government sent its army 
and invaded Kalat. Will you promise me one thing? What should I promise you? Go back, talk to your grandpa, grandma, and your parents. And mm-hmm. ask them if they even know about this. So if they don't know, that do you means think... They're, they're complicit. Why? I'll tell you why. Give me a chance. Do you think that the white supremacists in South Africa, who were not bad people, and who supported the apartheid regime out of ignorance, were not complicit in apartheid? I don't think comparing um, <clears throat> white supremacists and Pakistanis is, is fair. They're it's, occupying no. an independent country, and your parents, and Ali Rizvi's parents, and you all yeah, will You're talk comparing about our parents to white supremacists just because of an accident of birth, where they no, were born. No, now you're playing word games with no, me. I'm not, no, I'm not. You think that if your parents or that generation of people are ignorant about about the Pakistan occupation of the state of Kalat and Gilgit-Baltistan. So you have these pet causes. No one is allowed no, to talk about no, anything it's else. it's not my pet cause. It's your, should be your pet cause. Why, why should you dictate what my pet cause is? It's For me, your... what matters to me is a lot of things. It's not just one thing. I fight for equality on a lot of fronts, and I don't do it in air conditioning all the time. So your equity fight is only about what you choose. But yours is about what you choose. No, I come from Pakistan, so I have to first see the inequity in my home. Now you're saying you come from Pakistan, but I thought you hated it. I have from there. You were born in Pakistan. You came here as a teenager, right? Yeah, before that I lived in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, you didn't go to the Pakistan embassy school? No, not at all. Uh, you went to the American embassy school? Uh, you know, I went to a Western school. <laughs> so why do you get upset when I say you're air-conditioned? <laughs> I'm not denying my privilege. Uh, precisely. I had the privilege, but I sent my daughter... To the Pakistan Embassy School. Well, why did you do that? Because I wanted her to see the truth. It was a horrible school, by the way. No, it was. It had. It's the biggest school in Saudi Arabia. It caters to eighteen countries. But yeah, and there was a lot of messed up people going there. No, no, no. I'll tell you what. None of the Pakistanis who are there want their children to go with anyone other than white people. No, 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 yeah. no. They just want to provide their kids with the best opportunity. So you think that my parents are like some kind of, oh, seeking the approval of white people. And this relates back to, you know. Why would you go in Saudi Arabia to a school that had only had white people? Because my parents wanted to put me in the best school that they could afford. That was the best school that they could. It was not about white people versus brown people. people. No, it's about the best opportunity you can get your child. Here's your socials. You're like such a strange mix of uh, weird Indian nationalism and social justice warriorism. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Your parents sent you to a white school. In Saudi Arabia. They did not send me to a white school. There was like 80-something nationalities in my school. It was very multicultural. There was a lot of Arabs. There was a lot of South Asians. There was a lot of uh, Africans. And there were white people. And we lived in happy coexistence. So in Saudi Arabia, you do recognize it was it's an apartheid state. Oh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I'm not defending it in the very least. Just give me time to explain my perspective of how screwed up we are. 
recognizing that Saudi Arabia is an apartheid state where salaries are dependent on your passport. Passport, right? There are schools run by the Saudi government, and then there are schools run by Indian and Pakistani embassies. Bear with me. And then there are schools by the American school where Humayabedin went and where Aina went. British school or American school? You didn't go to the Greek embassy school, I can bet you. Well, I'm going to keep it vague and say Western. Yes, it is. There are two only schools, British school and the American school. Okay. Your parents chose to send you to a school that reinforced the Saudi apartheid. Um, that's a pretty twisted way of looking at no. it. Why didn't they send you to a school that rep, that was dumb, that had people of your background? Because they did not want to engage in that racial segregation, Tarek. Oh, so they went up to the white ladder. No, they went up to the multicultural <laughs> school. What? No, I just told you there's 80-something nationalities in my and school. And 40 were European. Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, I did not do a chart or anything. What's wrong with 40 European and 40 non-European, though? That's still pretty diverse. You went to a white school in Saudi Arabia. It was the best school. It was the best school. They did not say, which is the whitest school I can send my child to? No, they said, which is the best school that we can afford? And it happens to be a Western school. Why do you say it's the best school? It's the best school because, I mean, it was a pretty fancy school. Like, I don't want to go into details. Otherwise, you'll know exactly what school I'm talking about. But Pardon? I want the details. Why was the white school the best school? Oh, it wasn't the white school. But what is this? What is this weird tribal language? What oh, is... you went to an apartheid country and your parents chose the white school. So for you, you wanted us to stay in that racial segregation. Pakistanis with Pakistanis, brown people with brown people, white people with white people, oh, black people God. with black people. What is this? See, do you not do want you not multicultural existence? Do I... You see, let's move on because I have proven my point. What is your point that, that you've upward, proven? Upward mobility. Upward mobility. Status. No, upward mobility because my dad moved to Saudi Arabia to earn more money than he could probably earn in Pakistan. Yes. And, and then, having more uh, income. I'm talking is, of your school, not your dad. My school was because my dad could afford it. <laughs> This is not, this is, he is, is not some, you, like, slave to the white man. Like, well, I don't understand yes. what you're implying. And you were some I, real say, fantastic brown nationalist that you no, put your kid in the brown a, school. That. Wonderful. It's a question of privilege and using it to enhance yourself. What is wrong with white. using your privilege to go forward? That is uh, what we, uh, my dad suffered in great that, poverty. That, that'd be the closing line. What is wrong in using white privilege? No, I did not say white privilege. What other privilege? Black privilege? There's all sorts. There's Muslim privilege, too, by the way. Oh, for goodness C- Come on. You don't recognize party. other kinds of privilege except for on. white privilege? Let's move on. You're defending apartheid now. I'm not. Yes. <laughs> You're the one that wants the racial segregation. Oh, what is happening? This is so oh, twisted. What next? You're going to accuse Malcolm X of being racist? No, I did not say you're racist. So no, don't put no. words in my mouth. And I'm not yeah. talking about Malcolm X. I'm saying why you want to keep Saudi your kids Arabia. 
Saudi Arabia, I don't, I don't approve of anything it does. Would but not enter a school until and unless you met a certain income requirement, right or wrong? Of course. And now you want in Canada a public education system. Because the, pub, because the public education system is good here. And it wasn't good. And you know there. what, though, Tarek? If I was filthy, filthy rich, which I'm not, maybe I'd go to private school in Canada. But, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm some sort of uh, yes, racist or... Yes, yes. No. You're right. You're no, right. no, you have money. Oh, absolutely. You, that, I mean, you put exactly where I call that entire group air-conditioned right-wing uh, upward mobility. Right Right wing. Acceptance. Right wing. You think you I'm right private wing? private education? You're defending private education? Pot, meat, kettle. Public schools in Saudi taught in Arabic. So the Pakistani embassy school Tarek's daughter went to. You guessed it. Private. Not that there was really a non-private school option for those of us who didn't speak Arabic. That said, of course, I think it's hugely important for a country to provide a good, solid, secular public education, free and accessible to all. And I'm fortunate to now live in a country like Canada that does. However, demonizing people for attending private school doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Let's finish with there's, this. I don't think there's anything wrong with if you have money, using it to further yourself. Why do you think people work to get money? My dad came from extreme poverty. After the partition of India, his family had to sell everything. He lost a sibling. He They couldn't afford food, you know? Why did he move to Pakistan? Their house was being burned. He saw murder where? and all kinds where? of stuff. I don't, want to, I don't want to tell you the city because I don't want to be identified. <laughs> Do you know that 90% of the killing took place in cities of Pakistan where there are no Hindus left? And in every city So are you erasing India? the struggle that my dad as a child had, that they had to yes, flee their house? You're erasing the struggle just because he was a Pakistani no. having to move to India, not the other Why way around? Why did he have to move to India? That more Muslims in India... Why did he move to India? Because they were driven out of their homes. They, were, they would have been burned How? alive. How is it that Delhi has a 20% Muslim population. I don't know, man. I if don't they were know. Driven out, they wouldn't be there. Do you think everyone faced the exact same circumstances? All I know is that they Where left everything they behind. Out? Which city in I India? I don't want to tell you out? for specific reasons. I do not want to be. You're asking me for, for some very specific details about my life. No, no I'm asking generalities. Which city of India were all Muslims removed? If you were willing to take the risk, you could probably stay behind. But you, you do not oh. blame people, the victims of... No, they were not victims. Oh, my gosh. They were the dictators. They, the, yes, they he, imposed their language on Pakistan and oh, made wow. it the state language. Wow, wow, they wow. No, no. He, they, his family fled and they, they, they lost children. They had disease. They had poverty. They're not dictators. That's a really, really you, twisted you way of looking at it. You, I mean... I, I'm asking you, name me one city in which I'll give you Lahore and Karachi, just two, and Rawalpindi and Multan, where not a single Hindu was left I'm alive. I'm sorry, but my dad has Hindu friends from Karachi. Oh, so I have black friends as well. Okay, so then Eve, any city that I give you, you're going to say the same thing about my dad I'm being pa driven out. Do you not see that it's a false parallel 
that every city of Pakistan became Hindu-free and every city in India has a Muslim healthy majority, minority, that 20% of Delhi and Bombay and Calcutta and Madras... Which is the bigger landmass? Lahore is zero Hindu. It's a Hindu city. I am, okay, you're, you're saying this to me like I approve of that. I am opposed to that just as much as you are, but, but I don't I, approve of you, you erasing my father's struggle and his migration. Why did there's you move struggle. to Pakistan? He, uh, they, they supported why did me. you move? Why, why did you live there? I renounced Pakistan in 1965. But why were you there? Years. Why were you there at all? Were your family dictators? I was born there. Why were you born there? Come on, man. You should have known better. Let's end it there then. Why was I born in Pakistan? There are a number of quotes of me that I get paid by India and they get repeated. I did not not quote any of those things. Tarek, you know, they they tell me I get paid by CIA. I'm not as important as you are. Otherwise, I'd have more. But I've been accused of being paid by Mossad, by CIA, by RAW, and uh, by ISI. You never say that. I've experienced a lot of right-wing anti-Pakistan bigotry from uh, Hindu nationalists as well. Uh, and, and, that's, and, and I don't understand how you can support Charlie Hebdo but be so sensitive about being provocative in terms of Hinduism. The, the Muslim girls who were making a silly selfie in front of a Hindu goddess statue. They did not slaughter every Muslim in Delhi. We slaughtered every Hindu you in Lahore. You are now holding little children responsible for crimes that second, many they generations. Children. They were Yassin teenagers. Khan. They were teenagers. Yeah. And then you said, you said to Taslima Nasreen, why, why would anyone eat beef unless to provoke Hindus? It is in India. Well, okay, it's, so you fi- you're fine with Charlie Hebdo provoking Muslims, which is great. I, I think it's fantastic. Provoke all religious people because they need to think about it. Um, why then be so defensive about Hinduism? Why then be so defensive about India that you want to erase the struggles of, of Pakistanis in the partition? Are you waiting for an answer? Yes. Okay, because we slaughtered every Hindu in Lahore. No, this is a very social justice warrior answer. I'm talking about the people of today, not what their ancestors did. Today, who are the people standing up against universal civil law in in India? The Hindus or the Muslims? No, I'm talking about beef provocation. I'm not talking... I'm against people who want Sharia law in India. I'm against them wanting triple talaq. Are you listen about the beef issue? Yes. Okay. Do you know of any Muslim community anywhere in the Muslim world? I'm not talking of uh, eating steaks in Toronto. Do you know from Algeria to Indonesia if any Muslim eats beef? What? As a staple meat. Yes. No. What are you talking about? You think the Sindhis eat beef? Uh, My grandparents eat beef. Please. They Look, eat a lot of fish, talk. but they also eat beef. Listen. You think they don't have beef shawarmas in Saudi Arabia? Oh, my God. Do you know of any Muslim society from Algeria to Indonesia whose prime meat is beef? And what difference does that make? I, can you, uh, if it's, I just told you. I just told you there's a lot of no, beef in Pakistan. Know. There's a either lot of beef in Saudi Arabia. No, either you say... Yes, or yes, you don't. Yes. Yes. Okay. You think that Algerians to Indonesians, the prime be, uh, uh, meat-eating 
is beef. Prime, prime or not, what difference does it make? Oh, I, I will come to that because the only people who do eat beef are the people of Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. All the those only Muslims of India who eat beef. There's nothing wrong with a good beef kebab. What's wrong with that? Oh, for goodness sake. I don't think you... That is why I'm saying it's air conditioned. You're, you're not looking for uh, an okay, answer. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll play along. Yes, okay. They don't have primary... Uh, let's say they don't have uh, beef as their and, main meat. Why? why? Because the prophet, along with uh, uh, pork, said that the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the cow is not something to be eaten. Because it it gives you milk. Is that, Don't kill it. is that why we have so many beef shawarma stalls right outside the Kaaba oh. in Mecca? Is that oh. why Medina, all the streets are lined with beef shawarma? Let's get, let's finish with this because you're not going to look reason. Your hatred of the Hindus. My hatred, is I have it, no hatred of Hindus. Of course, you don't even know. You're pissing, you live in India, you come as invaders and you eat beef <laughs> and you say oh there's nothing wrong when you could eat mutton and why, you should, could I, eat why should i change because of somebody don't else's change. religion that's no, so oppressive oh, oh you invade them you fuck them you I, murder didn't, them. I didn't invade or fuck oh, anyone you so sorry honor them? you're honoring the habit of eating cows um yeah i okay. i have no um you know i can understand the vegan argument but uh no, you won't. That's because that's a white argument. Oh, yeah. You know my love for white people. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying vegan. When did you hear vegan in Pakistan, the word? No, I, I'm not a vegan, man. I, no, I'm not uh, I subscribing to said, that. You said you understand the vegan argument. What I understand but, is, I, but I will not change my habits for vegans. No, Do you don't understand? Change your habits. Even the ethical argument of Jains or whatever, I understand the concern, but they that is... That is something the that they cannot is, impose on others, right? Oh, really? Yes. You can you can go and impose your religion and rule them for a thousand years, and they can't ask in return no. for you not no, to no, eat cow. No, no, that I oh. have not imposed anything. I have not. Oh, you have? No, I haven't. You're blaming me this, for. Where did this habit come from of eating cows? The word Do you eat beef? Do you? Sorry. Sorry. Do you eat beef? No. You don't. No. Out of respect to Hinduism. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, um, I think uh, I don't really have any respect for religion, any of it. Not no, Islam, no, not Hinduism. So no, 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 no. if what someone's going to be violent about imposing their don't eat beef laws, I'm going to mock them and I'm going to no, oppose no, them. And no, I don't no, see how you, can, how you can praise Charlie Hebdo and stand in solidarity with them, but then get angry at girls just because they're evidently Muslim, but they're making funny faces at a Hindu goddess statue. Let them. They're being provocative. They're not being provocative. Of course they are. They're putting the middle finger they, up a Hindu. That's what they Charlie Hebdo are doing. That's why I admire them. Put the middle finger up for religion. Why this weird respect for Hinduism? Because of Muslim hate for Hindus. I'm and not Muslim. Of course you are. What a bullshit. You don't know any, you won't even survive <laughs> in Iran or Arabia. Of course I won't. That's why I left. Oh, come on. I hate it. What do you think I'm saying? No, you're not. You, you in the end, you, every, as I said. In the end, we're all can, goddamn can, Muslims, no, eh? No, 
You can take God out of a Pakistani. You can't take Pakistan out of a Pakistan. Oh my, my, my! Why do you why do you think people call you a bigot when you say things like Pakistan should be eradicated? And one because of one of the people be. who gets the most hate for criticizing Pakistan, you're calling a Pakistani patriot. No, you are because you all are. You all are. It's your, very your not generalized, Tarek. It is. You think that all your anti-God, uh, uh, atheist Pakistanis are not pro-Pakistan? I'm not pro-Pakistan. Oh, please. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you, you want to improve Pakistan to your level, but you don't want to dismantle Pakistan. Why should I dismantle it? Because you invaded somebody's country. I didn't invade anybody. Everybody invaded somebody's country. America should that. be dismantled. Aha, we got to that. <laughs> In the end, America Murdava. <laughs> oh yeah! Now you're saying now you're saying I'm anti-America. No, I don't know. You said it. No, I, I did not. I'm saying that that's a ridiculous in end, argument. In the end, it's always about. Chale, <laughs> you got me. You got me. I'm very anti-American. I'm a secret Islamist. I am a Pakistani patriot. You have exposed me in our chat. I have been exposed. Oh dear. I'm because that is the right way of doing it. It is the right way. And when I feel um, secure enough to do that, inshallah, I will. You, will. you are secure. You need to feel secure because what you're doing is the right thing. And why should anybody have to uh, be anonymous? This is very painful for me. It is very painful for me. Imagine most of my high-profile work, I cannot put my name to, you know? You should. You should. You should. Someday. If it's good enough for Ayan. Look at how Ayan lives, though. I don't admire that bodyguard and that kind of lifestyle. I, I can't afford it either. I'm just a poor I, I, I artist. <laughs> I can't afford it. I had a death threat just two days ago. Some of you guys were mocking it. So don't worry yeah, about you it. You know, don't group me in with some of I don't know who was mocking your death threats. Yeah, that's very cruel. I would that, never do such a thing. But anyway, good luck to you. You take care. Okay, and, you uh, too. Thank you very much. ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがとうございました。ご視聴ありがと
A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. <laughs>